Enjoying these episodes? Give us a shout out on social at Built On Air. We'd love to hear your comments and suggestions. So drop us a like and be sure to subscribe to catch new episodes when they release. It helps us keep the podcast going. Hello and welcome to the Built On Air podcast. Built On Air is a regular podcast where we talk with everyday people and learn about the amazing things they are doing with Airtable. Today's podcast is sponsored by OpenSide, the leading solutions provider for Airtable customers. Check out OpenSide.com to learn more about their products and services that can take your Airtable usage to the next level. Use promo code BUILTONAIR to receive $20 towards any product purchase. In this episode, we chat with Veronica Pichafuoco of 1820 Inc., an agency that helps businesses move faster without code. We talk about how no-code app solutions like Airtable can help just about anybody achieve their goals. In Veronica's experience, there's no such thing as one app fits all, and oftentimes half the battle is nailing down exactly how many bells and whistles a solution really needs. Indeed, part of Veronica's job is to help her clients decide whether their ideal solution is a car when a bike will meet the client's needs at a fraction of the cost. Speaking of which, the base Veronica shares with us was made to help a friend keep track of her horse training business. Looking for a simple, mobile-friendly way to log each horse's daily exercise to better plan the horse's activity level the next day, Veronica put together a flexible Airtable base which does just the trick. Hello, Veronica. Hi, Camille. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for being on the podcast. It's, it's good. I'm so excited. And I, I just uh, recently discovered the podcast as well. I, I knew about the site, but I didn't know you guys have a podcast and there's a lot of stuff in there. Oh, great. Season four. Wow. It's, We're glad it's, to hear we have new listeners. Yes. Um, so you're a little bit of an expert in no-code solutions. Is that right? Yes. Um, I, it's interesting you say this because um, I feel like I kind of started using the word no-code only recently. Mm-hmm. But it's a, it's a sentiment and a feeling that a lot of people have, which, you know, we're not developers. We, maybe we work with software. We had to do software stuff and we felt somehow inadequate. So we found, quote unquote, no code, like things to do not depend on developers to do things faster. And I think it happened to all of us. I mean, I, I had so many, you know, change of career and I, I cannot think of like one job that I had where I tried to do something without code to either automate or move faster or to create a website or to do something like that. Yeah. Uh, I, but yeah, I've been doing no code without calling it no code for many, many years. Sure. Can you just explain a little bit for our audience what your company does? I work for an agency that's called 8020. So the mm-hmm. website is 8020.inc. And eighty twenty, of course, you know, refers to the fact that you could do, you know, there's usually 20% of the work that does 80% of the job and you have to identify what is the 20%. And, and the whole idea is work as a web development agency. So we do what normal web development agencies do, uh, develop websites, develop apps, sometimes internal dashboards, internal automations. Uh, but the challenges and the kind of self-restriction is can we do it without developers? So um, this uh, was I think impossible 10 years ago, uh, but in the last uh, you know, 10 and especially in the last five years, technology um, evolved in such a way that there are some tools out there, some technologies that you can use uh, as a substitute for developers. So we just use those tools and then we automatically kind of like build the, the product for the customer and it's gonna be look exactly as it is if a coder did it with the difference that we can pass the tool to you and you're in control of your app or mm-hmm. your website. So the, the product is kind of custom built 
for the client's needs. Uh, but the how is a little different. Okay. Um, would you say that your process allows you to um, more quickly come up with different alternatives, say, for, for a client? Because Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. You know, there's multiple advantages to no code. Uh, the, you know, the, the, quick, the quick rundown is, is I like to use it like this. Three steps are like definitely speed, money, like cost, and control. Mm-hmm. And this is, uh, they're kind of all in, in, interconnected, but the first thing is, is speed to me because uh, um, using no-code tools, you kind of use building blocks and especially the, the phase between design and development, which usually takes a lot of time and a lot of transition by the time because design is done at completely different tools and then have to be transferred manually to a developer that has to hard code it without any context is shrunk. So building a website, I think uh, a professional website with a lot of features, you know, can, you know, I cannot think of any of my experience, even for the simpler side, it took less than a month. We could do it in a week if mm-hmm. it's simple or like usually an average process, uh, average project for us is, I would say three to six weeks according to the complexity, which is very, very fast. And I'm thinking I'm not just like, us working, but including the revision, including everything. Right. So it's definitely faster. Uh, because it's faster, it gets cheaper. And it's cheaper because it's faster and because you don't need to hire developers who are in high demand and they are more expensive. Um, and um, so it's, it's, that's, that's the second piece. That's the cost. And the last piece is the control, which I think gets undervalued a lot. Uh, but I, something that I felt very much in my experience, I used to be a marketer. So I worked on, you know, marketing sites, especially in the B2B world. And I realized that, uh, whenever we built the site, like we budgeted, you know, paying an agency to design and build it a traditional one <laughs> that no code was not an option at the time. So we just got the whole thing. And then like, I kind of had to go to the agency for a lot of things. Like, even if I had to know, for example, I knew how to use WordPress or I knew how to use Drupal and some, you know, content management systems to use it. Uh, it doesn't matter. Like, if you want to add a page or there's always something. So in the end, I end up paying the developer not only to build the site, but I, I keep them on retainer. And every time I have to do something, I have to go back to them. So it takes like three days to do something simple just because the CMS doesn't think about it. Uh, no code is, is just, I think what, what attracts me to it is that you don't need that. Like it's, you are in control of your website. If you want to make a change, if you want to clone a page, if you want to, uh, even if you want to do major design changes, you actually can without a developer, which is extremely liberating. I think that the first thing that comes to mind is if I were a client and I heard the words, we can make you know, changes like that without coding, I think that would put me at ease as a client saying, you know, even if they don't actually do the change themselves, maybe they have in the back of their mind, great, in the future, if I have to do something, I might be able to figure it out for myself. Whereas, you know, traditional web development, if you wanted to make a big change, you probably would have to get up in the code and fix it. Yeah. And, and of course, you know, the first example that comes to mind is always like front end things. Like you have a website and you want to change like how a page looks or you want to add like this to the team page. But I think about it also in the back end. And I think it's really relevant to Airtable, especially where, you know, historically the database that powers the site is something that the client never sees. Yeah. And so the structure gets picked by the developer actually it doesn't live anywhere uh, that you can tangibly see. So if you want to change it, it is more complicated. So sometimes there's that disconnect 
um, between the client and the developer where you think the change is simple, but the developer is like, no, this is going to have try to trigger a whole schema database is going to branch, uh, you know, breach a bunch of stuff, break, break things. And I have to, it's going to take actually three weeks to do what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, with no code, like, you know, your backend, for example, could be Airtable. So, I, you know, you client can know exactly which table are you, are you doing and you can make the change almost in real time and the changes can be reflected to the front end. Uh, it's, it feels like, it felt like magic to me when, when they told me and, uh, I felt very, very empowered. That sounds great. Uh, do you actually use Airtable for some of your clients? Yeah, we use Airtable um, pretty often, I would say, uh, as a CMS for things. And, okay. and then, honestly, I, I use Airtable even for, for my own business when I was a freelancer. And this base, actually, I, I built when I was a freelancer for a friend uh, mm. that we're going to show later on. Okay. So um, you've been using yeah. it for a little bit, um, Airtable? I would say I've been using it for... About three months, so not that much. Okay. Um, like the, the the tool itself. Like I've been trying to find an excuse for using it after kind of like I saw the billboards, like they plastered billboards in, in Silicon Valley. Um, so you could you drove into San Francisco and you saw this giant Airtable billboard. And I'm like, what is Airtable? So that's how I checked mm. it out. And people say billboard doesn't don't work, but I think it's fantastic advertising. <laughs> um, and um, no, I couldn't use it at work. At the time, I was at Amazon, and Amazon is very, very strict on the type of tools you can use. Um, so sure. um, I used it kind of try to put a personal project, and then I'm like, I want, but I wanted to use an excuse to do like a larger project. As I said, like, can I use this um, almost like to create my own standalone business app uh, mm-hmm. because it's so it's so much more powerful than you know a spreadsheet or a Google Sheet, which I think it's it's what people transition. I transitioned like everything that I had in a Google Sheet to an Airtable base. Yeah. Pretty much. I, yeah. And, and then for, for the current project that we do at 80-20, yeah, Airtable, I, I think it's, you know, depends on, on the type of projects, but definitely Airtable is one of the tools, the no-code tools that connects most easily to others. Mm-hmm. Uh, Webflow is the one that we work a lot for front-end and they connect really nicely. Uh, for dashboards, uh, I think recently Airtable added a lot of features that are great. So that, that allows like not only very powerful internal dashboard, but I think what, what makes me pick Airtable for a certain project over other kind of databases is that you can have the forms. So the client can send a form to someone externally and the form mm-hmm. uh, like writes directly into the table and the forms are really nice and customizable. And, and I think that's a really powerful feature that, for example, other tools don't have and makes it really almost standalone for a certain project. You could do everything in Airtable. I think um, part of the, again, I'm thinking of like potential clients, part of the draw I feel of using parts of solutions that include Airtable is just, Airtable is a very pretty tool and visually it's it's well laid out. They've paid a lot of attention to UI and I think it comes with a certain confidence that you, that it gives you that you could figure your way out through it and you have a good point yes so uh, you know there's like we mentioned wordpress earlier and usually that's you know php my admin or something that's the the database and if you had to get in there it's to me a somewhat confusing design even though they technically do similar things in in the back end so just in terms of thinking of the tools that you put together you know, the usability 
a good portion of that is how good does it look? Does it look friendly to use? And I'm sure the solutions that you guys put together for a, people. Yeah, no, you have a really good point where something that probably developers, traditional development don't care about is kind of the whole handoff, right? Because you, when you hand off a site, yeah, maybe you get like the standard CMS with the key, maybe you, you have, you know, the blog and that's it. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of pain points is getting trained and investing the time on using the tool you've been handled. But the whole point of no code is and moving fast is we built it and then it's yours. But you don't have to engage us anymore. We don't, ideally, we don't want to hear from you anymore. Uh, and we move on in your life. So it is important um, that we pick tools that customers are comfortable with, uh, mm-hmm. not just in terms of price, uh, but also in terms of, you know, can I get on, on on this table just, you know, you know, maybe we do an hour, a couple of hours walkthrough and we help them, you know, through the first month if they have questions, but ideally they should be able to just, you know, look at the tutorials and get moving and evolve um, as they go. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things that we do a lot is what I call like kind of skateboard bike car, uh, which is a model of development where if you start especially for new ideas, like we can start building you a skateboard, uh, meaning like some, some people call it minimum viable product. Some people call it rough prototype. It's actually not really rough. Like it does the job. So that's the first thing, mm-hmm. but maybe is, is, has its core feature. So you're able to launch. And then after launch, we can turn that skateboard into a bike by adding additional things that by starting to use it, you realize you need. And then sure. it's the bike. And then in the future, ideally, this becomes the car. And for some projects, if you want the car, you probably need to hire a developer. Um, so that's the point where, you know, sometimes we do transition to, you know, either we say to the client, you know, you need a developer or we, you know, we do some, you know, low code and add some code ourselves. Um, but in some projects, the, the, with no code, now the tools are so powerful that you can just do the car. Mm-hmm. Um, and the car allows you to maybe do more complex things and, and especially scale. Like one thing is having an air table that, you know, with uh, only certain types of rows and only certain people use it. But one, one other thing is to, you know, is to do a very complex project that, you know, can break because a lot of people uh, are on it. Yeah. So we, we like that approach a lot. And with all new projects, we, we try to, to start with skateboard, which also is the one that costs the less. And it's faster to build usually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and once, so once, once you're good, um, it also helps. I, I noticed that some clients, like they have a good idea, uh, but they need help, like thinking how exactly it looks. Um, so it does help, like starting with something uh, versus asking the client to, to come up with very clear ideas of how do you want your car versus, yeah. you know, tell me where do you want to go? Point A until point B, I'll take you to point A or point B, and then we'll add uh, you know, we'll, we'll get there faster or we add more, more features as we go there. Yeah. I was going to ask, what do you do when a client is convinced that they need a car, but in actuality, a bike would probably work better or even vice versa? Um, that's got to be tough, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> that's a good question. I mean, personally, I always try to ask the right questions uh, first and work backwards from there. Meaning, 
people like sometimes I tell you, oh, I want a marketplace with video uh, and a chat and direct messages mm -hmm. and the payments and subscriptions and everything because they have this kind of maybe idea in their mind. Uh, but then if you, if you walk backwards from there, you're like, okay, what is the key? What is your, who is your customer? What is the key value that your app does? And then from there, like once you identify, okay, what do you really need it to do? Um, we, I try to create the proposal based on that. But honestly, if you want the car and if you're ready to pay for the car and if we can build you the car, uh, we'll build you the car right away. Uh, I think it, it is risky. Like I, I wouldn't do it. I'd rather build a skateboard um, for $5,000 rather than build a car for $40,000 uh, before I know if someone wants to get in it. But, um, mm -hmm. but you know, if you really want the car, we'll build you a car. Sure. And not to extend this analogy forever, but, you know, when you're buying a car, you test drive it first, usually. And I'm sure that's basically what your process is. You know, you ask the right questions, like you said, and you, you point to the features that they do need and then work with them with that solution. And, you know, that's the test drive. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Now you can go with this metaphor forever as far as I'm concerned. I do that too much. <laughs> you give <laughs> okay. me a metaphor, I will spend an hour talking in the same terms. Yes. So instead of doing that, let's take a look at your base. Okay, sure. Okay, so now we are looking at your horse training business base available on the Airtable Universe. We'll put a link in the description below. Um, so tell us how you came up with the idea for this. Um, so oh, one of the big passion is uh, Icelandic courses. Uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's a little niche hobby. Uh, so Icelandic courses are kind of special horses. Um, of course, they are from Iceland. And the special thing about Icelandic horses is that um, Iceland completely banned other breeds from going to Iceland for a thousand years. And it's still the case today. So this breed kind of became secluded and evolved in a different path compared to other breeds. So they're little smaller horses, but very sturdy. They can resist the Icelandic winter. So they have very thick coats and they have extra gait. So that's why I got into it. So you could, you could do, it's like a car that has extra gears. So you could do different things with them. And, um, and I, you know, I started like riding again three years ago. I tried one of these and I'm like, uh, I got into the rabbit hole. And, and so I got really close with my trainer. Uh, her name is, you know, is Laura Benson. She has, um, she has a horse training business. Actually, I created like a little site for her too. Uh, I just opened it up. Um, she's here in the Bay Area. And, um, you know, she's also a performer uh, in this show. So they do all crazy stuff with fire and, uh, and horses. Uh, but, you know, we do normal things uh, with also her horse training business. And I, you know, one of the things I noticed is that as many like professionals who's really good at her crafts, she doesn't like doing what she calls paperwork. And I think it's a mix of paying the bills, uh, keeping track of what she needs to do, um, and like, I think everything that she had at the time was a whiteboard in her horse, uh, kind of stable. And, and so, you know, one weekend I'm like, you know, uh, I think, I think Laura needs help. So she spends less hours on paperwork and more riding horses and do what she likes. So I, I kind of started like by chance, um, and as a little experiment for me to build something for her. And as I said before, I try to walk backwards from the problem. Um, and, you know, we were discussing and she was like, told me like, my problem is really like every morning, like I look at the board and I'm like, 
who do I need to ride today? Because she has a lot of horses on her stable. So this is kind of mm-hmm. the main thing that I wanted this table to accomplish. Uh, can I help her identify which horses need to be trained at the beginning of the day? Um, and so she knows like who hasn't been ridden. Um, she knows like um, what, where are the horses because some of them are her stables. So, so sometimes she has to go to other stables and she knows like what she's doing so she can charge clients uh, afterwards. Uh, and this is kind of like number two. Like, I want her like an easy way for her to just keep track because, you know, sometimes like, you know, I think she has a hard time just figuring, remembering and going back and say, oh, okay, uh, one week ago, I wrote X, Y, and Z, so I have to build this client. So sure. that's, that's, that's the context about this. Um, and I think a lot of like people in same, similar profession, like could benefit from something like this. And I took inspiration from actually a similar table um, that was about, I think, dog training. Um, and this is kind of like, I added some, some thing to it, especially to figure out like the training log piece. Uh, but I took inspiration from, from other people. So I'm sure that everybody who, who works with animals could benefit from this. Um, so let's explore it a little bit. Uh, I want, instead of like clicking explore here, uh, I put some sample data, but I, I wanted to show you just directly on my table account because um, it has like the blocks because I am a, pro user and mm-hmm. i love this block which is the database schema which i think it would be the, a great way to just show you how the the table is is done it's very simple and the reason why it's simple is because i wanted her to be able to use it you know i would hate to build something that the end customer doesn't use um, and i knew like it had to be simple enough for her to wrap her head around it so complex formulas and a lot of like hidden fields wouldn't have worked i wanted something that i could build and she could actually be using mm-hmm. uh, so i kept it really simple and the key tables are really horses stables and customers and, and it's all around horses who are at the at the at the center and then of course every horse has a location um, and then every, every horse is an owner. And then the training log is, is really what I created for her. Um, and then it's connected to uh, her pricing. Um, so um, she knows kind of whenever she rides a horse, how much um, she's going to charge for it. So uh, just, just walking you through it, and feel free to interrupt me at any point here. Um, the, let's get rid of this a little bit. Yeah. So the... The, let, let me show you the horses first. Like, you know, I have a couple of, you know, <laughs> test horses. Actually, these are real Icelandic horses name. This is, this is my horse, uh, you know, gender, the owner. Uh, she has some horses for consignment. So if it's for sale, it's checked and it, it shows where they are. This is the location. Mm-hmm. She's connected to stables. So every location has a nice photos um, and it shows you, you know, which, which horses are there. And then, of course, you know, every horse has, has an owner, uh, which is connects you to the customer table with a phone number, email. And, you know, if you wanted to give a discount, actually, this is like, um, like a, one of the features that she requested afterwards <laughs> that, you know, this is like the skateboard. And if, if we build the bike, we will need to build it up a little more. Sure. And then here I added some view for her. Um, uh, the gallery view is the pretty one. So you have all the pictures mm-hmm. and... Uh, and of course, like the training log. So the training log is something that uh, is the thing that she needed automation for because it lived in either her brain or in the whiteboard, if she remembered. Versus what I created is 
uh, a form that she can complete every day. Um, so she can go to the daily training log. And basically she, every day, uh, and there's an automation here um, that can send an email to, to her. So every day um, she gets a ping and say, who are I gonna write today? She can write it. Um, she can you know, automatically pick a horse. Uh, and then she can also uh, specify, you know, even at the end of the day, she can you know, specify like what she did, um, pulling from the services table. And this is another option, like, you know, she, so she remembers how hard uh, the horse was ridden. Um, so, she, so how tired they are the day after. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, and of course, like this gets logged in the table. So if you look at the horses, there's like this last activity field here that uh, really commands the order. So every time she looks at the main view, for example, they are sorted by last activity. So when she asks that question in the morning, who should I write today? You know, probably the one that's been written, not the one that's been written yesterday, the one that's been written uh, like farther in time, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Because you don't yeah. want to overwork. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And also like, you know, if you have a horse in training, you commit to a certain amount of trainings per week. So mm -hmm. this is a way where, you know, she can focus on, you know, one of the, um, for example, these are the horses that she has in training, you know, she can open the record and she can see, you know, all of, you know, if she's training uh, him enough or not. Um, mm -hmm. So that is pretty much what the tables does at its core. Mm -hmm. And what I really, really focused on is, is the view and keeping the table as simple as possible. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, you know, I'm relatively, I think I was relatively successful. What, what do you think? I think you're successful. And something I want to point out is I wanted to mention this earlier when you're giving mm -hmm. solutions to clients for whatever it may be, usually as the consultant, you have to think to yourself, what are the potential problems my client may run into and how do I solve that for them now before I hand it off to them? And one thing I noticed in here as um, I think it's probably in your pricing table for the types of um, work that can be done for a particular horse for a particular day. One of them is non-billable. So instead of, you know, I'm not going to fill it out, you know, I'm not going to fill out this form today because it's not a billable thing, you put in there, here is a non-billable action, because you still want to take note of, hey, I rode this horse yesterday, whether or not I charge the client, I don't want to overwork the horse. Yeah, you, you got it. And um, so yeah, I definitely asked some question at the beginning. And then what I did, I, you know, I created the table. And, uh, and I said, hey, why don't you try to use it for two days? And you tell me what we would change. Um, and I, at the time, like I had the non-billable one already here, but for example, a lot of the things that I added were like fields on the pricing table. Like, you know, I'd, I only had like four options in the first version of this. And she was like, well, no, actually this is more complicated. Um, you know, and I want to, you know, make sure that I account for other things. And another, you know, for example, we created the discounted rate for certain customers, mm -hmm. um, and this is like one of the opportunities where, you know, you start with the skateboard, uh, but you can really evolve the, the, the pricing. So the first thing I told her uh, is if you have new pricing, you can go directly in here and change it. Right. Like, and this is going to be reflected in your daily training log form every day. So you finally, you know, you can add a new horse and it will appear here. You can add a new 
service, a new pricing, and it can appear there. And I think the other thing that I added is this roll up here in the horse table. Um, no, sorry, in the training log table, uh, which was in the main view, which was the earnings, which is, okay, can we calculate, um, and this looks small now because this is like kind of test table where they only get ridden once. Sure. But ideally, like every time you ride, like you can calculate like how much that ride has earned you as a trainer. So you can say, you can, you know, it's nice to see like you did a lot of like hard days work. And at the end of the day, you look at the money that you made. Uh, you know, I think it feels nice uh, and it would, you know, give us, uh, you know, feel, make it feel better uh, about you know, the, the work that she was doing rather than, you know, think, oh my God, I, you know, I was so tired. So that is, that was definitely, you know, the, the pricing uh, part is definitely something that, um, has a lot of expansion and interesting opportunities for any trainer that uses our table, I think, because according to how you bill and you price to clients, you can do interesting things. Um, uh, for inspiration, I looked at a couple of boards and I think one had an interesting um, setup for pricing where instead of just having like a pricing table, they had a, an orders table as well. So you could, you know, for example, like my trainer, you know, uh, you can, just purchase one lesson or you can work and you can purchase a package of 10. Mm. So in that case, like you could, you know, create an order and it adds some complication because you add another table, but you know, you could record that you sold a package and then kind of walk backwards from there and figure out like, you know, how many lessons uh, that particular owner um, had used or not used and, um, and kind of calculate when, they were due for a new package, for example. Yeah. So that would be like the bike version of, of this table. And of course, like the car version uh, that I want to build her in the future uh, when, I, when I have some time is connect this table to the website that I showed you before mm -hmm. where she has like a contact platform at the bottom. I think it would be very cool if this also becomes her kind of customer data management and it can all live here. So, you know, she can have customers and maybe she can have like, you know, prospective customers uh, that come from the site directly to here. And it's nice because, you know, I built the website uh, in Webflow and Webflow has have some nice CMS tools, but it also connects to Airtable. So we, mm -hmm. could, we could sync that. We could even sync the horses that she has on, on the website to this table. So this is like, I think something that I don't think was possible like before Airtable and Webflow decided to create this integration uh, mm -hmm. without coding, like having something that, you know, usually every website that has a form just sends the forms to an email versus, you know, if you can send it to, to Airtable, you can, you know, just manage like customers here. Um, and, you know, if you connect it to your email, you could just, you know, email them directly, invoice them directly. I use that feature a lot for my own um, business so here like you know we could add like a connection to the pricing in the future and maybe invoice people directly when they're due mm -hmm. send them the logs automatically right now like every time i finish a package i get a list of all the lessons i took and with this she can automatically create it and email it to customers have you considered using the page designer block to make a little invoice out of your training log um, yeah, I, I mean, that's, that's, that's the idea. Um, mm -hmm. I think it would be, it would be super cool. Um, before, uh, you know, 
I asked her to do that and purchase, uh, I think you need the pro to do the invoicing block. Yeah. Uh, I want her to, you know, really, really, um, you know, learn how to use this and get it to the max that it can be. Uh, you know, again, I don't want to, like you asked me before, what if the customer wants the car? I'd rather, you know, in this case, like I'm, I'm being a little like paternalistic with my customers mm-hmm. and, and saying, well, you know, get to the edge of this, really use it. And when, when you stretch to, when you stretch it to these limits, we'll add things. Yeah. I um, think that's a good approach because I have a habit of overcomplicating things. Um, I don't know. It's in my nature because I know how to code and I, I love coding. And so I'll always find a way to make things more complicated than they need to be. Yeah. But no. if, if it works, it works. Uh, I don't think overcomplication is a flaw per se, but I try to re- to be really mindful of who I have as the customer. Sure. Am I doing the customer a good service by giving him or her a table that she doesn't understand uh, or she has trouble managing on, on her own without asking me? So again, I think you can overcomplicate things keeping in mind that you know, something you said before about tools, like the, the usability of the tool is always very important. Like how easy like people can, you know, find their way around and use this. I think with no code, your usability is paramount. You want to do something that feels easy um, and then feels that so that you can transition seamlessly to the client and they will use it um, uh, every day. Yeah. But that is paramount to me. And I wouldn't want to do something that, Yes, makes me look really good and makes me look like I can do very sophisticated things. Um, but then it breaks because the more complication you add or the more connections, the easy it is to break. So a lot of the no-code projects have like just a lot of interconnections. <laughs> and if you look at the, you know, the diagrams, they're super complicated. Mm-hmm. And maybe engineering you knows that you know, the more nodes you add, the more probability of error or probability of things breaking you yeah. add to the system. In, in a perfect world, one of my favorite phrases is, if I did my job correctly, you wouldn't know I did anything at all. And so, so I, I would love to have all of the, the back end stuff like hidden from view and all you see are the pretty bits. But when you come up with a solution that's simple, that does exactly what, you know, your client or your friend needs... You don't yeah. necessarily need all the extra things. And, no, we're, we're definitely yeah. looking at the skateboard here. Uh, <laughs> and then from there, you, you build the bike. But you want to start right. using the skateboard because before I put you on the bike. The real Lamborghini of this, uh, I think, could be like turning this into a client dashboard. Hmm. I know Airtable recently added like some features uh, about permissions because I think this is a feature that they're getting a lot. Like People start using this as internal. Like yeah. this, you know, just an internal, of course, uh, beautiful way to run your business, but still internal. But what if, you know, you want your client to log in and check on, on their horses? Like, I want to know when my horse was ridden, right? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, you know, I want to just go to the gallery view, log in and, and look at, you know, the last time that I was ridden. Maybe I can look at the notes if she's writing it for me, if she's in training, wouldn't that be wonderful? So you could really get um, yeah. get complicated with this. And I think between the new features that Airtable um, put together and another, I was actually testing um, another product that is built on top of Airtable. It's called Stacker. I'm um, glad you mentioned it because if you okay. weren't, I was going to. Oh, so, okay, good. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Stacker so, made like this 
Um, they're a third party company, um, but they made this ability to take your Airtable and turn it into a dashboard. So like you're saying, your client can log in and just see only the horses that are theirs, where they're assigned as the owner and the customer's table. And then they'll be able to check and look at the status and see when was the last time. So, you know, people, whether it's Airtable or third party members are moving toward that being as, you know, a great use of Airtable as a software. Yeah, I think it comes from the need to automate things. Like you realize a lot of the things that are, you know, time consuming is responding to clients with email Mm -hmm. and, you know, and horse people are terrible at email. Um, Maybe other (laughs) professionals are too, but horse people are really bad at email. Well, in defense of horse people, (laughs) I think usually, and this is just my experience, you have like communities with a lot of people who have stables and, you know, have horses, they don't have the best reception yes i think because there's it's a lot of open space and there's no cell towers so you know that's in true. defense of horse people that's true so yeah for for very justifiable reason also you know you're on a horse you don't want to check your smartphone and respond to emails um you don't want to use emails so uh try to you know auto automate as much as possible rather right. than respond to email to emails that are like oh how many you know lessons i have left well um you know you would need to say to the client something like well let me check when i get home and now you know maybe they could just check it on the dashboard right or like you know imagine like when she has some these horses in training this horse uh, might have expenses related to that so you know if we could add a in table with expenses and you know the owner could see oh like you know the the horse got fall shots from the vet um and this was the charge and this is the invoice that's attached to it and you can you know and and honestly like something that um i like to do for my business and i think it would be helpful for any business is is have like a really rough um balance sheet that you can run on our air table i don't know if you had any any walkthrough of that and sadly like i haven't built this in this table but if you have like horses you can have income associated to horses but also expenses associated to horses and and it's funny i think it would be interesting as a if i had a training business to see you know um, i'm am i breaking even with this horse or mm-hmm. am i losing money because maintaining horses is very expensive especially in the bay area mm-hmm. uh, so it could be interesting to to look at you know, at this table in a more like financial uh, aspects. So many opportunities yeah. with only one tool. Right. Um, super flexible. And, you know, you, you mentioned scalability as well. And there's, you, you could have any number of horses, but there's the ability to filter by what are my active horses, if you will, like who are, who are the ones in my yeah, stables at the moment? Yeah, you could do that. And then actually I didn't, you know, I don't think we hit that limit yet, but I know, you know, Airtable, you know, this, this is the, probably the weakest link. So, so like to my customer, I would say, Hey, like, I think you're fine with this Airtable plan uh, for these tables, but you know, for the training logs, if you hit the maximum number of rows, you might want to think of just archiving things um, mm-hmm. or, or like doing something like that or just, you know, go pro and then go wild and maybe add like a block for visualization. So you can see like how many days of the week you're training and then you could do interesting stuff when you, once you have like raw data like that. Right. And I didn't, didn't mention it, um, I think, an, at any point during this, but it just hit on me 
Now, one of the things that I love about Airtable, and it's important, you know, even in, in our job at AD20, when we pick tools for our customers, that, you know, the customers like the tool, they're able to use it without our help, but they also can get out of it. Um, I think a lot of the website builders, they tend, especially, they tend to lock you in. Like, I like Squarespace, but, you know, you, you, you got to live in Squarespace. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's very powerful when, you know, you're adopting a new tool, you're investing in it, um, and hopefully it works forever. But if it doesn't work, you know, you can just export a, a CSV and move it to somewhere else or just send it to someone else without problems. I think that's, that's something that always uh, is important. No, it's very valuable. Um, especially if, even if you still wanted to use it, but you wanted it to play nice with some other tool, like you mentioned Webflow, the ability to get your data and put it somewhere else is absolutely super useful. It's critical. Yeah, absolutely. And this is something that I think really makes no code competitive with code options uh, across every aspect, because that's the big thing about, you know, asking a developer to code, like you have, you're handed something and that is yours you know, for you to keep forever, like there's Mm -hmm. no subscription, nothing, you know, with no code tools, like there are some monthly fixed costs that, you know, they're, they're totally transparent um, in, you know, in our project fee, but, and then they're transferred to the client, but it's good to know that, you know, if you wanted to, you can get off and just rebuild the car the way you want it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing this. Um, like I said, we'll put the link to this space um, on the universe in our description of the video below. So anyone who wants to use this base, um, if you also happen to train horses, but this is a super adaptable base that I think could work for anything that needs a log to remind someone to do something, you know, frequently or at a regular schedule or something of that nature. Thank you, Camille. Yeah, it was a, it was a pleasure talking to you. And yeah, the basis in universe it has some pre-filled um, table. I hate when you know I go on universe and you have and you find these empty tables and you have to fill them out to figure out how they behave. Like I, I try to yeah, avoid that. It, it's a little harder to you know understand what field is doing what, especially if there's hidden fields. Um, but yeah, your your base looks great. Um, like you said before, not super, super complicated with a billion hidden fields performing magic. The magic is plain to see. Yeah. And I think now that you made me, you know, think about a, a next project idea, which is I probably want to build like this is the skateboard and I mm-hmm. want to build like the bike version and maybe I'll save it as another template so people can see like the difference. Mm. And then maybe you can, you know, go even fancier and fancier. And honestly, as I, we should probably at eighty twenty, we should probably open like this is on my personal account we should open a company account and just uh, see if we can put some of the work we did for clients um uh, on this on universe mm-hmm. uh, it was a lifesaver for me like as i try to learn Airtable, it, it's mm-hmm. you know inspiration of what you can do like i found stacker just because i was looking for facilities management table and there was something in universe and i don't know how how i follow the thread and i found it so definitely universe is, is the bible for everything yeah great place a lot of great stuff on there uh thank you so much and have a great um rest of your night thank you um you have this we're recording on a sunday you have a great week (laughs) all right bye bye all right bye